What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the future of entrepreneurship of Prop G Pod, special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to the 750. I am your ORG Ochoa. He is your 75, two time Super Bowl champion, college football Hall of Famer. Doesn't let the storms get him down. The one and only Tony Casillas, TC. What up? I'm doing good. You're exactly right. You know, you just never know in this inclement weather in spring in Texas. You just never know when Mother Nature is just going to cast that spell. And my gosh, I don't have internet this morning, so I don't know what I'm going to do. But uh, regardless, hey, it's always great to be here. And you know, we're always, regardless, or we're going to make it happen. So. You um that's the way that's the way I roll. You've done our show, man. I don't even know how many different places. You've done it in gyms and coffee shops and the car. I mean, like you are just a true international man of mystery here, Tony Casillas. No, I'm just very committed to the 750 because <laughs> uh, any other man would just say, hey, look, RJ, you it's a one man show today. You do what you do, but Hey, I'm always uh, I, I uh, battle all the elements. It's my commitment, commitment to our show. Respect. Platform. So remember that when my when my uh, my contracts up. Respect. Uh, you're the person. Like if we were on the the show Survivor, you cook the rice for everybody. Everybody eat. You know what I mean? Like Tony, Tony's taking care of it. Tony's taking care of the fire. Mm-hmm. He's building the shelter. I mean, well, I'd be a little bit more manipulative, I guess, because I would want to. It, it's more of a game. But yeah, I, that sounds good. I'm a team player. All right. Respect. Um, so today, uh, what we're going to talk about today actually kind of has nothing to do about the Cowboys, but sort of has everything to do with the Cowboys. Um, I told you we were going to do this. I said I would explain it on the show. So that's what I'm about to do. I wrote about this as well, in case anybody wants to check out blogontheboys.com, want to read it um, in that form. But Tony, I'm sure you saw on Monday, the Philadelphia Eagles and New Orleans Saints executed a trade uh, as it pertains to this year's NFL draft. The, the seismic thing from that uh, as the Saints now hold the 16th and 19th overall picks uh, in the draft. And so, you know, going to be very interesting to see what they do with those. Do they package them to move up? Whatever. We don't care about the Saints. By the way, that 16th pick uh, was originally Philadelphia's by way of the Carson Wentz trade. So Carson uh, is the gift that keeps on giving. The reason I find this to be interesting, uh, and a lot of people connected these dots, uh, our friend Jane Slater had a tweet about it as well, is the, the notable things that New Orleans gave up, they, they threw in a seventh round pick, but that doesn't really matter. Um, they gave up, the Saints did, their first round pick next year. So in 2023 and their second round pick the year after in 2024. So when, when we get to 2023 next year, when, when we're you know popping champagne bottles at midnight, uh, the Saints are going to be without a first round pick and then without a second in 2024. So the question, Tony, is did the Saints feel comfortable giving this up because they feel very confident that they are going to be able to get that back when they trade away Sean Payton next offseason? Has a price been set for the potential future head coach of the Dallas Cowboys? Mm, 
I mean, I, I kind of like where your theory is going, but I think in a way I, that's remains to be seen. Um, right. Cer- certainly, you know, Sean Payton's going to warrant a lot of value there, but it just depends on what they want to give up. But, you know, the, the Saints, I think at the point now, is like once you move past a, a future Hall of Famer coach like Sean mm-hmm. Payton. Well, by the way, I, I watched the Netflix the, you did? The show. With you saw James. the movie? Horrible. I'm just sorry. Horrible. Horrible. Okay. <laughs> I'll stop, I'll throw tough, that in there. tough day for Sean around here. Okay. No worries. No, I, I, it was, it's anyway, uh, back to your question. Uh, I think that the theory that you're on makes a lot of sense. You can go back to let's mention someone that uh, I'm trying to think of a lot. John Gruden, uh, that you go back in time and look at coaches that were traded for value. And, but, I think I think New Orleans is 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 a mention. They're a team that needs to try to move on, obviously past Sean Payton. But I think if there's some value, I don't know if they're thinking that far ahead. Maybe they are strategically because they know that day's going to come. But I think right now it's just getting as much value as you can. If you can get two number ones and you know the trade that they were able to pull off, I mean that's. Some that's two cards that you have in your deck that you can work with in the future. So maybe, maybe not, but certainly I, I like the theory. Well, so you mentioned John Gruden. There are two notable examples in, in recent NFL history of coaches being traded. And I say recent, but do you know that it has been 20 years since John Gruden was traded by the Oakland Raiders to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? It's been 20 years. That's pretty crazy to think about. Uh, I, I know, but I'm just – and, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, and my memory does not serve me the best way. I cannot think of another situation. The other one, like the other one actually is Tampa's other Super Bowl winning head coach. They did technically trade for Bruce Arians when he came out of retirement, um, but it wasn't as big of a deal. So, mm, yeah, it wasn't it wasn't the values. What, right. the, what they gave up to bring John Gruden in 20 so, years ago. That's crazy. Just so that we're clear, uh, for Bruce Arians, all uh, Tampa had to give up. This was three years ago. This was in 2019. They gave up a sixth-round pick, but they also um, received a seventh. So the Bucks got Bruce Arians and a seventh-round pick. The Cardinals got a sixth-round pick. So the, the Cardinals kind of let him go, like, you know, uh, as a show of good faith, whatever you want to call it, it really didn't cost much. The Raiders were not that. Uh, for the Buccaneers to land the Raiders um, – Oakland, again, Oakland at the time, now Vegas for our younger audience, gave up. This was in 2002. They gave up their 2002 first and second. So they gave up their first and second round pick that year. They gave up their first round pick the next year in 2003. And they gave up their second round pick in 2004. So they gave up draft capital in three straight years. Uh, including two first-round picks and two second-round picks. Also, the Buccaneers agreed to pay John Gruden $8 million, which was a lot of money in 2002. And now that's, now that's chump change. $8 bucks. nobody's getting out of bed for $8 million right now. I, I agree, but just think about 20 years ago, $8 million today in the market of coaches. That's, that's pretty good. I, I you know... You know, you, you look at Mike McCarthy, was he making $5 million a year? He's won a Super Bowl title. I guess my point, which I'm – and I was thinking about when you mentioned the, the whole – the value. Sean Payton, to me, he's not worth that. He's not worth it if you're going to package deals to – and look, I, I think he's got a tremendous pedigree and has done tremendous things. But I think in this day and age, I think it's all about how much you're going to uh, 
eventually pay him. And, you know, the team has – there's a lot of value there. They keep that. But I just don't – you know, part of me says, yeah, that sounds great. But then you start looking at some of these – these, and look at – maybe this isn't a very good example. Look at the whole – the Urban Meyer. Look! Look how that just exploded. I mean, that was like a nightmare. This is very toxic, yeah. and I I shouldn't even compare that. But the value was is what he did when he was in when in college, which I shouldn't even. Maybe I should be laterally with college and not you know unilaterally with if that makes sense the NFL. But my point is is that I just don't think the value is there for a coach to give up that much for one guy that's going to transcend and and change the pro. I just when you mentioned you talk about that many draft picks. Uh, and in what your reference to RJ, do you really think now? Is there one coach you can think of that? Oh yeah, I would. Yeah, I, I would give up that much because I think it's going to guarantee us a chance to win a Super Bowl. Maybe I, I don't know. Well, so first of all, you're right. I mean, the Urban Meyer thing is very. I mean, it's. I think where your head is at is like, are you willing to make this big of a move? Again, Urban was a very different thing. It's a bold um, move, right? But. Um, I, I mean, I think the Bucks would tell you it was worth it, right? I mean, they won the Super Bowl, so you know. But oh, do yeah, they win, yeah. right, right? But do but there, yeah. there's like that's what makes like life so interesting. Like, do they win the Super Bowl if they play anybody else except for the Raiders? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Just because like John Gruden happened to know them so well, I mean, it's like life is funny sometimes like that. Um, and so if the Cowboys win the Super Bowl, you know, after trading for Sean Payton, if they do wind up doing that, then yeah, it's obviously worth it. Who cares what happens, right? Like you, you got your championship. It's all worth it. But I think the conversation is an interesting one to have right now because we're getting ready for the draft. So it's, it's imagine not having a first round pick, imagine not having a first and second round pick. And so that's likely what it would take. I mean, I don't know that it takes as much for the Cowboys to to trade for Sean Payton as it took for the Buccaneers to trade for John Gruden, but I definitely think it's much closer to that than than it is the Cardinals, Bruce Arians, Buccaneers example because Bruce Arians at the time was just just a normal coach. I mean, he wasn't what Sean Payton is. And what's worse is the Cowboys have been so public about their love for Sean Payton that New Orleans completely knows how badly they want him. And so it's again, I I think that it's very obvious that New Orleans believes they're going to get some sort of draft capital, which is why they felt comfortable making the trade that they did with Philly right now. Whether that's Dallas that is going to be the team that gives that up obviously remains to be seen. But I think that it is absolutely going to involve some sort of price around a first and second round pick in 2023 and 2024. Like that, that's the starting point. And so that, that you know, we, we've been talking forever about how much pressure there is on this season and, and how much pressure there is on Mike McCarthy. I don't think Mike McCarthy cares, right? Mike McCarthy is probably thinking, if you want to fire me and trade all this for Sean Payton, good luck with y'all. I'll go live my life and do my own thing. But if you're the Cowboys, you are now like this might be your last first round draft pick right here in the next few weeks for a few years. If you do go down this road and ultimately trade for Sean Payton, it increases the need to to not to not just get you know a lot of production out of your first round pick, but out of your entire draft class, because you might be without some picks for the next two years. I just think it's too much to risk. And I don't and I, we, we've kind of seen gone down this road i just think it's just too much of a risk to make that bold move and say we're going to give up on mike mccarthy because i don't know what mike mccarthy next year let's say he goes takes to the cowboys and that's your championship and then all of a sudden you're thinking okay well or even get to that point my point is is that i think it's a that's a really bold and risky move to bring a guy in like sean payton 
Yes, he's had a ton of success, but there's no given he's going to turn this thing around. We're talking this thing needs to be turned around in 24 hours, so to speak. It's not like that they're going to it's going to take not it's not going to take some time. And and I just don't think at the end of the day and we've seen crazier things with this franchise. We've seen things happen that I just don't think that it warrants the value that you're going to give up to bring a coach in a coach which, again, I have a ton of respect for Sean Payton. But to me, I just think it's too risky. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels. But now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering, so you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the future of entrepreneurship of Prop G Pod, special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. It's, it's, it's interesting in that we kind of know the price this far ahead, right? Because, I mean, if they wound up trading for Sean Payton, it would be like in 10 months. You know what I mean? Like, it, it's a long time from now. So it's interesting that we can, we're, we're kind of looking at the future and the present at the same time. And, and so that's, again, what I think just increases the pressure on this team to have success in the here and now. Um, and this team, since you were playing for it, has not done well when pressure has been on them. Generally speaking, do, do you know, Tony, actually the last time the Cowboys um, – uh, the last time they were a playoff team in two straight years. Do you know off the top of your head? Go ahead and age me. Uh, yeah. yeah. Well, no, it, no, it, uh... it wasn't as long as probably you're thinking. It was 2006 and 2007. That was the last time they were a playoff team in two straight years. Ever since well, then. I was a lot younger. I was a lot younger <laughs> in 2006. <laughs> well, ever since then. It's, it's been a matter of, okay, you have success, and then you disappoint the very next year. Um, the last time, though, uh, and this, this was a, a talking point. I wrote about this last week uh, because over-unders came out, and the over-under for Cowboys wins this year has been set at 10.5. And, and so if they hit the over, obviously, that's double-digit wins. They could still technically have double-digit wins by hitting the under, obviously. But do you know the last time that the Cowboys had double-digit wins in two straight years? So not necessarily being a playoff team, but had double-digit wins in two straight years. This is a this is a little uh, bit further back in history. I'm gonna say because I know '92 and '93 we went. Man, we '92. I know '93 we had double digit wins back to back. But was it was it right after? Was I'm gonna say 
It was in the 90s for yep. sure. Mm-hmm. It was 1995 and 1996. It was the last okay. last time that the Cowboys had had two straight years with double digit wins. Again, ever since then, it's you know there's there have been double digit win seasons, but they have been followed by single digit wins, nine and sevens. Oh, obviously okay, now they're seventeen okay. games. Okay, I misunderstood the question. Yeah, yeah. yeah that, so that makes sense. Yeah. Right. So again, like this is a team that been a long ass time. Right, and like I don't know how much you or anybody else like places on this, but like history is not on their side. And like, does, does what the 2007 Cowboys did have anything to do with the 2022 Cowboys? No, but you know what I mean? Like it's, it's a culture that, you know, it's, it's weird stuff. I mean, this division has not seen somebody have a repeat champion since 2004. I mean, so they are fighting a lot of history. And again, that's not a real thing that they're actually fighting against, but like that is not on their side. And so when you think about that, like this, the Sean Payton thing is, is like the, I don't want to say the last card of Jerry's sleeve, but that is like a big shiny move, right? That Jerry can pull off. Like we, we can, if we close our eyes, we can see Jerry and Sean Payton at the Ford center doing a press conference, you know, Jerry making a joke about how he's always wanted Sean. He's finally got him and, and Sean, you know, promising to, to bring winning culture back and how he remembers coaching under Bill Parcells at Texas stadium and all this stuff. Like if you can really see it, if you close your eyes and like, I fear the same way we've seen the Cowboys get desperate before, the way they traded for Amari Cooper, the way they traded for Roy Williams, they have pulled these moves off because they have been painted into a corner that, that they're in the process of painting. They're on the floor painting themselves and backing into the corner and we're watching it happen. And then they're going to get to the corner and it's going to be Sean Payton or bust. And they're going to have to give up some of this draft capital that we just saw New Orleans give to Philly. I'm just closing my eyes and I'm just, I'm just like, I've heard that narrative so much over the last few years and to the point about the coach, uh, look, uh, you know, I, obviously my experience as a player is that look, you have good coaches, you got to have good players and they complement one another. So to me, I'm just really like everyone else tired of hearing, okay, well, the big splash of Jerry's going to go out and sign, bring in Sean Payton. I mean, mm-hmm. is that going to be his last hurrah? And you know, to me, I think, yeah, that's obviously big news. I mean, the Cowboys have made a lot of news off the field this year, which was crazy. Everything is just, you know, there's all these different conspiracies that, and, and we could get into. But the point is, is that the point where these players have to turn this around, and, and there's a lot of blame to go both areas. But to me, I think it's, all, it's about finding the right chemistry, the right players, and really – finding the right, right leader to lead them. And I, sometimes I think that people put too much emphasis on the coaching aspect that are not enough what these players do. And I mm-hmm. don't care if you bring Sean Payton in. I don't care if you bring in Vince Lombardi. He's a, he, he, you know, one of the, you know, those people, I, the question I like to ask people is well, who would you like to bring in for, you know, to have dinner with four people dead or alive. And, you know, that, Vince Lombardi would be one of those coaches you want to bring back to coach. I don't care who you have. You don't have the players. You're not going to be able, it's not going to make you look good. It's not going to be a, a present value. And certainly what you're going to give up with that, it's not going to pay dividends. I know that's a mouthful, but to me, to your point, yeah, we're going to talk about this whole scenario. But the bottom line is like, I think people are tired of hearing the same narrative. It doesn't matter. I agree. Um, last thing before we make our master's picks, uh, I was going to be devastated if we didn't get to record this week because then we wouldn't have gotten to have made master's picks. Um, I didn't tell you we were going to talk about this, so I'm just slipping this in at the very end. Um, I also wrote about this um, over the weekend at the site. 
you meant you talk about coaches, different coaches. I thought you were going to say you could bring in Jimmy Johnson. Um, so the Bruce Arians, you know, stuff in the news right now is that he has retired. Todd Bowles has taken over the Buccaneers. I don't know how much you saw about this, but the Buccaneers announced last week on Thursday, uh, when all this news came out that Bruce Arians is going into their ring of honor this year, like this season. Um, and I, I think it's important to say that the Buccaneers ring of honor is not the same you know, like, like, you know, they don't, it's not, it's not a full ring. You know what I mean? Like they don't have a lot of people up there and, you know, no disrespect to the Buccaneers franchise organization, but you know, it's, it's not exactly apples to apples, but I do think it's embarrassing. This is what I wrote about that Bruce Arians. I don't, do, do you know how long he coached in Tampa? It, it was three years. He, he, coached, years. he coached the Buccaneers for three years. Yes. They mm-hmm. won the Super Bowl. Very cool. Obviously Tom Brady had a lot to do with that. But three years goes into the ring of honor right away. Like doesn't even, you know what I mean? Doesn't have to wait any long, any time or anything like that. He gets his his parade and all this stuff right away. It has been almost 30 years since Jimmy Johnson left the Dallas Cowboys. And he's not in the uh, ring of I, honor. I know. And, and and the point is, is that we can keep talking about. Right. You know, I, I played golf with three guys the other day. Matt Stover, Stover and uh, Chris McAllister, they played on the 2002 with the not two that when the, the Ravens won the Super Bowl, right? And I start talking about well, the Cowboys, and I had to go back another eight years to be relevant. And to me, it's just the, the point about when you start talking about Bruce Aaron. And, and, and look, I should have mentioned no disrespect, I should have mentioned Jimmy Johnson, but right. I was just trying to make a little bit more uh sensational. Mm-hmm. Um, but to the point where you know, these Bruce Arians. You can say, yeah, he, he to me, I think he's a very he, he's a guy that's very people respect him and he, he can get communicates well with it seems to me a really uh, a player's coach. But the bottom line is that he brought the right guy in and that was a player. That mm-hmm. was Tom Brady and everyone else wanted to come and play, uh, be the part of that super team. And no disrespect to what Bruce Arians did. I just think if you don't have Tom Brady and sure, really was totally on the agree. brink of going back, then you don't you don't go to the Super Bowl. So the point about the coaching, yes, coaching is you have to have the, that ingredient. But the players are the ones that make this whole thing evolve. It makes things at the end of the day and everything that goes along with that makes the success and really makes all those moves look like a, the, the person who is making those decisions look like a like a genius. That's well said. Um, okay. Uh, Tony's been a, a trooper to get this episode recorded in spite of uh, Mother Nature working against him. So uh, let's get out of here on this. Who wins the Masters? Uh, I'm not going to lie. I think you're looking kind of silly, Tony, because you doubted that Tiger would play this week. And it looks like all signs are, uh, are are pointing to green lights. So, you know, hey, that's you didn't believe, and that's okay. I won't hold it against you. Uh, but, uh, but who wins and why? Well, I'm going to throw in – I'm going to go with the number one player. It's not John Rahm. It's Scotty Scheffler. Uh, that's one of um, that's my one. I'm gonna throw in uh, Victor Hovland. Okay. I, I knew you were gonna ask me this, so I came a little somewhat prepared. I actually okay. got on my phone like uh, I'm gonna go with Jordan Spieth. I don't know. Ask don't ask me why, but I just uh, I, I'm gonna go with Roy McIlroy. And my long shot, long shot is the go Tiger Woods. Okay. So then you have a team of five. So I need a team of five. So you have um, you have Scotty Scheffler. Um, I already forgot. Scott, Roy, Scotty, Roy McElroy, Scotty, yeah, Rory, Victor, Jordan, Hovland, Hovland, and Tiger. Okay, that's yeah. your five. Um, I gotta have Tiger in my five. I'm not gonna not have Tiger. Um, 
I'm going to throw in, um, I'll take Colin Morikawa. I'm, I'm not going to doubt Colin. Um, although I don't think, I don't think he has the length, but I mean, you know, the guy's got two majors already. I'll take Justin Thomas. Um, that's three. I'll take DJ since you didn't to mix it up. And, um, I will take, um, you know what? My long shot, like maybe not long shot in the same way as Tiger. I'll take Tony Finau. Um, so that's a good thing. Yeah. I like that Phil. So yeah. what do we, what, what, so we'll just do the point system. You get so many points. If your guys make, if you don't obviously make the cut and then guys that finish in the, obviously in the, in the, in the you know, yeah, well, on the leader belt, we'll, we'll take their, the they'll take their gross score and, and we'll just, whoever's got a better score across their five, well, I guess four dudes. Cause we both picked tiger. Um, yeah. they win. Uh, cool. Well, you're going to lose. Uh, you doubted Tiger. I never would. So, you know, hope you can hold your head wait, high. Wait, no, wait no. a second. In our press conference, we're doing our, we're doing our podcast. What is it? 930. But isn't, isn't the, the goat supposed to be doing a, pre, a, a press conference right now? He's literally right as we're about to hang up. He's about to do a press conference. So then whoever, like well, whenever we're, people we're, are, we're, when people are listening we'll to this, they're likely going to know. So I, I've been saying he's going to play. So what is your official prediction? I said he wasn't going to. But so you're sticking what to what I know. Um, <laughs> I'm, made, I'm, I'm about uh, I'm about eighty. I'm about twenty percent. He won't play now. <laughs> I'm so actually. I'm I, I've got a. I've got Golf Channel on behind you, and they've got a commercial with Tony Romo. So everything comes back to the Cowboys always. Okay, um, okay that's a, a that's a good note to leave on right there. Um, all right, everybody. Uh, thanks for listening. Uh, Tony was the MVP today for powering through. Uh, shout out to um, to his refreshment that he got while he was waiting uh, and, uh, and and powering through. Uh, we'll see you guys all next week to discuss how my field is better than Tony's in the Masters um, and whatever Cowboys news pops up because something will. Thanks for joining us, everybody. This was the You can find it on the PropG pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the PropG podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a PropG Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the PropG Pod wherever you get your podcasts.